have this figured out by 373 episodes, but I am just as thoroughly confused as the day I started, and perhaps that is an analogy for life. But for all the new listeners, Mr. Morales, how would you introduce yourself, please? Hey, everyone. My name is Ed Morales, a retired FBI agent. Uh, after retirement, I went into contracting, um, did some contracting in uh, Virginia, then did some contracting in Iraq. Uh, four years in Iraq, a year in Mexico, a year in Belize. And then I came back to to the home side and uh, decided to complete my book that I've been writing for like 20 years. <laughs> and now we're here talking to Tom. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, you, you wrote uh, F, or shootout, my FBI shootout in Miami, which I'll put in the description, sticking the top comment. And again, because I'm stupid and I butcher everything, there's been a, a lot of new subscribers since I last had you on. Can you give them a brief overview of that? Or if, just a, it, the mo- most famous FBI, the five minutes that changed FBI history. Right. It, it's just, it's a, it's really a simple book. It's less than 200 pages, I think, total uh, written pages. Uh, it's got some photos in it. And it basically, it's a, it's a case study, is what it is, a, a study of the investigation. And what led us up to the, uh, to the climax and then the uh, surveillance that was initiated. And uh, the uh, spotting of the stolen vehicle with the two bank robbers in it. And then the, uh, a short surveillance, a short uh, high-speed chase. And then uh, a car crash. And then after that, it was, oh, my Lord. You know? it, was, it was, it's it's the five minutes that changed FBI history. Right. It, so, was a, it was a huge shootout, you know, and uh, about 150 rounds were fired in, in that t- five-minute time frame. And uh, 10 participants had eight FBI agents and two bank robbers. At the end of the day, there were two dead bank robbers, two dead FBI agents, and uh, five additional wounded agents. So, so out, of, out of the 10 participants, uh, nine uh, of the participants were, were wounded and or dead. Can- can, so the first time you came on, obviously we went over the book. The second time you came on, you talked to my cousin. My cousin loves you, and it was like a dream come true for him. Um, and it was hilarious. You called him a bitch. <laughs> Chris, you're a bit of a bitch. <laughs> but we haven't gone into your contracting work. Can we go into that? Sure. It's it's really there's really nothing overly. Uh you know, uh, sexy about it. I mean, I was a contractor in Alexandria for a, a, a military contracting company, and um, uh, they were involved in training. It was a tr- training company, and uh, they helped train uh, uh, certain uh, types of contractors. And uh, you know, you would, you know, the, the, there's several ways to train uh, to learn. You can learn by showing, you can learn by doing, or you can learn by listening. You know, so and but this company did everything. You know, so um, they the culmination of their courses was uh, practical problems, and um, you know, I, I was in charge of hiring role players to to play uh, certain types of characters that they were supposed to contact and um, interact with and stuff like that. And I did that for almost five years in Virginia, and then a, a job opportunity came up in uh, with. Uh, a, a corporation um, that was hiring law enforcement professionals for uh, Iraq, you know, to, to embed with the military. Boy, I jumped at the chance, man. I I, um, I got lucked, I lucked out. I, I was embedded with the Marine Corps since I was a Marine for four years, like back when when Jesus Christ was a corporal, you yeah. know. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, it was great, you know. I, I trained with the Marines uh, for about two or three weeks before our deployment and then I was deployed with the unit into Fallujah 
back in 2008 and I was assigned to Fallujah and um, it, it was a, it was a very interesting uh, uh, experience uh, and I didn't know this but the Marine Corps uh, at the time only deployed its units for like I think it was seven or eight months and then they rotated units out there whereas the army at the time ro rotated its units out on a 12-month right rotation cycle so at the uh, I, basically they, they left um right in the middle of my one-year deployment so i was transferred over to the um, 10th mountain division in, in baghdad i tell you what though that was a that was an interesting interesting job i cannot tell people how lucky we are and how grateful we should be for um, the type of men and women we have that go into the military. These people, I mean, it was a shitty, thankless job. And I was there with them. I had the privilege of being there with them for, with the Marines for um, uh, eight, seven months. And then uh, the balance of that, I, I was with the army. But I'll tell you what though, we don't, we don't thank these, these good men and women enough because it was a shitty, shitty job, you know. And uh, I mean, I, we can't even, I won't even get into the polit politics side of it, the political side of it. I'm just talking about the, uh, you know, the actual mission itself. It was very dangerous. Mm -hmm. And when I was there, I think we lost um, like 12 Marines in that short time frame that, that I was there. It was very sad. It, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's a shitty, thankless job. And it's especially when it comes down to, and again, I say this as a 30 year old who with no military experience. So everything I say, everybody listening, please take with a grain of salt. But I feel like it's a lot, quote unquote, easier in the sense that it's easier to climb a mile high mountain instead of a two mile mountain. It's a lot easier to to enlist or to go fight when it's against when it's against an Adolf Hitler, when it's against the emperor of Japan, when, you know, there are these, you know, whether it's concentration camps or Pearl Harbor and it's these very um, open, um, very simple <clears throat> black and white issues there is evil and we need to go crush it obviously after 9-11 we need to go into afghanistan we need to get the taliban we need to get al-qaeda we need to let the air out of bin laden but for things like perhaps vietnam or just yesterday or two days ago airstrikes in iraq or not iraq excuse me syria there it feels like there's an, an issue where i had on um bill albrock um who wrote the book uh, escape from firebase kate in vietnam and he talks about how at a certain point what his logic for abandoning his base when he knew it was being overrun was kind of what I'm saying and he was like in like a brief moment like standing there in the middle of the jungle he was like I'm not fighting Nazis like I'm not fighting the Japanese Empire he's like why am I here I'm not going to let my men die for this it seems like like you said it's a shitty thankless job because when you're not taking on Adolf Hitler or the Imperial Army of Japan part of it's like wh wh why am i here like how can you give your a game when it when it doesn't feel like you're there going after a concrete enemy does, does, right. that, does that make you sense you know you're absolutely right tom absolutely right you know and um i mean you're right though. i mean uh I, my my father rest in peace you know he was 16 he was he just turned 17 16 and in, in, uh, in 10 months he lied about his age to enlist in the army in world war ii 
Okay, and and you gotta ask yourself. I said, you know, you think back to when you were sixteen and 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 eight months or ten months, how immature and and skinny and scrawny you were <laughs> at the time. I, I'm, I'm sure the recruiter had to know this kid is lying to me through his teeth, you know. But you know what? I think things were so desperate they took him. They took him anyway, and and they had to have known he was underage, you know. So, I mean, you know that that's the type of dedication that uh, that we had back. In, you know, that's why they're 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 called the greatest generation. But the thing is, that was a real, you know, you, you could see and feel that threat. Today, you know, you have this insidious cancer of threat. You know, uh, it's um, you know sneaky, underhanded bastard terrorists that you know that'll plant a bomb in a park or drive a semi tractor trailer park, uh, a semi tractor trailer into a uh, a group of Christmas shoppers. You know that those, those types of, of spineless cowards that we're fighting. So it, it's very difficult. I mean, you know, I mean. Don't get me wrong, you know, each one of those incidents that I just described makes me mad. But it's hard to really focus on, on who, who the enemy is, where the enemy is, you know, and that makes it so difficult. And I don't know, uh, you know, being at war, I was I was at Quantico, Virginia when 9-11 happened. And it's 20 years later, and I mean, it's like, I don't think, I don't think it's been resolved. No, it's, yeah, right, you, you can kill, it's like you can kill bin Laden, but it's like, you know, that's not like, it's not like the newspapers, Hitler dead, or, you know, war over, Japan yeah. surrendered. It's... Or VE day. Yes. Victory Europe, you know, one not of those these definitive, headlines. You know, it's not, it's not, the, the clock goes out, fourth quarter's over, Super Bowl champion. It's more like this abstract, and he just passed the all-time rushing yards kind of thing. And it's like, yeah. it happens on a random game that no one's yeah. watching. And it's like... Yeah, it's it's it almost feels like we can't get that that satisfying shop in Laden. It's over. Troops come home. Right. It's not that. It's right. No, you know, it's not. I think today's in today's environment, you know. But the the problem is, you know, Tom, it, it doesn't make it any 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 more or any less dangerous. Yeah. You know, because you've got this insidious cancerous movement or multiple movements out there. You know that that are out there, and and you know what. Make, make, rest assured, this is, this is no BS. There are forces out there that are trying to topple the United States of America. You know, they're trying to topple the government. They're trying to topple the people. They're trying to topple our institutions. Okay, whether it's uh, the Russians, the Chinese, the uh, Iranians, uh, whatever, you know, whatever mixture uh, you, you can, you, can uh, you know, mix and match. Uh, whatever you want, you know, in, between those groups and others. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's others, you know. Um, but, uh, and it's hard. Number one, you know, it's like when my father felt the spirit to go join at 16 and 10 months, I don't think you have that now. I don't, can you imagine, you know, getting some, some, uh, what generation, uh, do they call them now? Z generation or Pepsi generation or F generation or generation. Can you imagine getting today's generation to, to sacrifice their, their youth to go fight someplace? No, maybe, absolutely not. Maybe it, I generally agree with you, but I'll, I'll play devil's advocate for this because not from my own experience, obviously. But from uh, Dale Comstock, the youngest ever member of Delta Force, who I've had on this uh -huh. podcast a lot, and he did a lot of work with the CIA 
in Afghanistan where they, you know, use indigenous peoples to fight with. The point is, is he was like, you never know. He was like, you look at these guys, they can't even speak English. Like they don't, they literally don't know basic addition and subtraction. They can't count to 10. He's they're they're you know they don't use toilet paper they use their hands and there's like you you're with these people and you're like you're like what the hell like they're a step above like animals and he was like but then he's like and you'll always be surprised like the first day you make contact with the enemy some of these guys who are total goofballs to say it kindly he's like they step up and they and and they turn into the most loyal heroic guys that are willing to throw down their life and he was like you never know until it happens so it's very easy for me to use that caveat because i i will never have to make that sacrifice god willing and as much as i do look at my generation and the generation below mine and i'm like dude it's you know it's you 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 can't you get upset when someone calls you the wrong gender because you identify with a woman like how the hell are you going to fight in a war but on the other hand I would imagine that there was probably a bunch of World War One veterans raising their kids, and like, man, these kids are obsessed with I don't know, like baseball. Like, they don't want anything. To do. And then Pearl Harbor happens, and there's probably a bunch of World War One veterans eating their words as all these young guys yeah. stepped up. No, so it's, right. it's simple, you know. It's same. Sorry, same with Vietnam, right? Oh, these right. long-haired kids are taking acid. They're fucking in the fields. They're going to Woodstock, and then some stepped up. It's it's. I don't I generally I do agree with you but I would like to think that who knows you know maybe there's maybe New York gets nuked tomorrow and we're at war with China maybe these goofball 15 and 16 year olds what if they step up in 100 years they're known as the greatest generation you know I don't think that's no, the no, case you know, but you know, you're, you're absolutely right Tom you know but uh, you know and, and I agree with you up to a point you know however I look at it you know not that there aren't people out there like that you know there are Okay, but and and I don't know the percentages, and I'm just talking, just just spitballing yeah. off the top of my head here. Let's say that uh, in my father's generation, you know, the greatest generation, fifty percent of able-bodied men and and women, some women, you know, rules were different back then. Fifty to sixty percent of able-bodied men willingly volunteered to go fight. As time went on from from that war to the Korea War to Vietnam to you know to Panama Grenada, uh, that fifty percent, fifty sixty percent number went down, you know, ten percentage point per generation, and then the next generation it goes down ten percent, and the following generation it goes down ten percent. Whereas now, I would be willing to bet bet money that only. In our in our current society, only about ten percent of able-bodied men and women would volunteer to go serve their country, and I think you have to agree with me on that because you know what? Though the, the majority of people right now are so involved with their own issues, their own self-satisfaction, that um, they don't put country first. You I, know? Agree, I mean, I, I, I agree with you one hundred percent on that. The country, you got nothing. You know? Yeah. I would agree with you 100% on that. I, I don't think, yeah. again... So, so because, yeah. you know what, though, I, I, met, I, met, I met this... Yeah, I, met, uh, I can't say one type of person because there were multiple different types of people. There were men and women, you know, they were, they were black, whites, Hispanics, uh, Asian, you know, all different kinds of people. But 
their you know their 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 heart you know their their esprit de corps their their love of country was so so obvious you know that um the problem is that we beat that that group of people down the same people i mean the military has shrunk so much and it's a, it's an all-volunteer service now it's the same people that were, were fighting when the war started were fighting you know a couple of years later and we're fighting a couple of years after that and we're fighting i met guys that have been deployed to iraq three and four and five times okay and the same thing is true in, in afghanistan you met guys that have been de- deployed to afghanistan two or three times okay you're beating down the people your best people you're beating down that generation okay since they're the only ones that are taking the hit everybody else is just kind of smoking and joking back in the in the states you know protesting you know oh you know don't call me a man i'm really a woman or call me something else you know whatever whatever you know cause they have nowadays okay we are wearing out that generation okay and i think you know that i wouldn't be adverse to uh in, in, in installing the draft again you know you know have people serve the nation i think they do it in israel they do it in, in switzerland i think everybody in switzerland has to give two years of service uh, to the and you know and, and and you don't have to be in the military necessarily but you got to give two years of service men and women you know women give you know to you know service in the uh, medical field or whatever unless they want to go into the military that's up to them but um, if people don't have skin in the game okay then it's very easy for them to just kick back and say eh, so what so what if the uh, russians are on and on the beach in miami you know <laughs> so what if the chinese are on the beach in san diego you know i'm okay as long as i get my my expat or whatever the heck people play nowadays you know uh, you know their kindle or <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, no, it, it it definitely makes it definitely, and I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea. Yeah, you see it in South Korea, you see it in Israel, and it seems like a generally good idea. For me, I have to be careful about saying it because you like you can say it. You served. It's I have to be careful for my own just because I never did. I I don't I don't feel right saying that there should be a draft because I never had to serve and I never will. So I don't think I'm in a position to be able to dictate that. But I mean, I think I think you're free to dictate that, and I. It's. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't sound like a bad idea. But I'm also saying that as a 30 year old who who wouldn't who wouldn't have to do it. No, but you know what though? Tom, never say never. I mean, you know, you're still young. I mean, in the next 30 years, we could see some humongous threat come show up. You know, maybe as a space force. You know, flying saucers. You know, from I think we will. space. Everybody's going to be on the wall. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't think it will be that. Th- I think that there's absolutely a, a conflict coming with China. I just I don't think it's escapable. I don't. No, yeah, you're right. Though there has to be a showdown somewhere. I mean, you know, it's like it you know, they, keep, they keep playing games, and you know, you know what gets me? I mean, it gets me, and it doesn't get me. The U.S. You know, people say, "Oh, the U.S. isn't as great as you say it is." Bullshit. It's, it is. It's the greatest country in the world. I mean, I've lived overseas, pal. You know, and I've, I've seen what communism is like. I've lived in a communist country. I, I, I've seen what uh, you know dictators are like. Uh, you know, I've, I've lived in, in post-dictator uh, states. And um, 
anybody who thinks or says that oh america was really wasn't that great is full so full of crap it's unbelievable because it is the greatest country i mean is it perfect no do people you know americans make mistakes yeah are there, are there corrupt americans absolutely just look at congress you know every one of those swinging pair of legs up there's probably got some some uh, some baggage some skeletons in the closet you know but the thing is what gets me the most is that the u.s for all its flaws and, and, and blemishes and stuff like that, we try to play by a set of rules, okay? And other nations like Russia and China, you know, they they mouth the words. They'll say, oh yeah, you know, we'll play by the rules and then they turn right around and stab you in the back. Okay, they, they don't play by the rules. They, they, they'll only say it publicly, oh, we, we'll all play by the rules, and then they turn right around and do whatever the hell they want to do, you know, and that's the problem with China, okay? China says, well, you know, we all do this, we'll, we won't do that, and then they turn right around, and, uh, and and they do what they want, you know, and, and that's the problem. I think China has gotten so far ahead of us because we play by the rules. Oh, look, China's not playing by the rules. Let's go to the UN. It takes two years to get, or three years or five years to get something through the UN. And, you know, and, like, and what is the UN even going to do? Hey, China, stop that! China's like, no, exactly. And they're going to send them a, they're going to send, send them a sternly, a sternly worded letter. You know, it's like, don't stop that. <laughs> yeah, stop that. It's, it's they, they don't. I mean, I mean, China at this moment, as we speak, China has concentration camps, and to everyone saying, oh, America has concentration camps on the border. No, they don't. And mind oh you, miraculously, God, miraculously, as soon as Trump left office and Biden went in, they turned from concentration camps to temporary shelters. But yeah, that's another. No. That's another discussion for another time. China yeah, has no two million Uyghur Muslims in concentration camps. Okay, yeah, but the thing, you know, that, that's the thing. See, and, and that's that's another thing that grabs me. You know, you, you get the, uh, I don't know what you call them, the, uh, the the fifth estate, the fourth estate, whatever, the press and big tech. They, as you know, what as long as it benefits them and as long as they profit, they'll turn their back on it. But the second it affects them, they'll, they'll be the first ones yelling and screaming, oh my God, look at look at this, China's not playing fair, you know, we're losing profits, you know? And you're right though, I, I cannot believe that any individual country or organization in this world would, would, would not be up in arms about a nation like, like China enslaving people. I mean, you talk about slavery in the 1860s or 1840s. I mean, look at that. They are, I mean, they are far more harsh. I mean, and I, I hear about different, I mean, totally working people to death, raping women. It's like, my God, I mean, you, and nobody seems to, nobody seems to bat an eye. I mean, it's like big deal. Yeah, it's, it just, it's not happening here. It's okay. Well, you know what? That, that just emboldens uh, bad people. It emboldens uh, your adversary. And I, I think, and well, it's, it's also just, well, they they just flood everyone with money. It's very easy to shut someone up. Uh, Stealth War by Brigadier General Robert Spaulding, who I had on this podcast, episode 161. His whole book is about China's stealth war against the United States. And he oh, well, absolutely. I yeah. mean, it, it's, it's amazing. It's I mean, it's amazing it's that you know, we, we, are, we are so stupid. We are patsies. We are so naive. I mean, I saw it overseas, you know, I mean, not not to the extent that I see it now. I mean, I, I'm kind of out of the game now. I mean, I'm retired, but um, th they are throwing money at people, you know, and, and a lot of these university professors are being duped or conned 
or, or compromised, okay, to a point where, hey, listen, dude, you know, we want you to help us here, we want you to help us there, why don't you give us the code to uh, to this new technique, that you, the new technology you have, and, you know, they either have them paid off or compromised or some sort of blackmail going on, you know, it's like, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's just amazing, you know, what, um, what they do. And the thing is, uh, when the FBI, I forget, it was like within the last two years, the FBI arrested uh, uh, some professor or, or uh, rogue scholar from China because they suspected that he was trying to bribe and or spy on some universities. They arrested him. And then China came back and said, hey, you release him or we're going to arrest Americans in, in China. It's like, you know, I mean, then you start that war, you know, hostage for hostage, hostage for, you know, back and forth, you know. So, but I, I, my, my thought is, hey, warn American corporations, this is going to start happening. We're going to start enforcing the law and we're going to start arresting no matter who for spying or, or spreading influence or, or whatever, you know, whether it's China, Russia, you know, Germany, Britain, who cares, you know. We're going to start arresting people for violating our, our espionage laws. Yeah. And yeah, the the number of Chinese nationalists within defense contractors in California. Oh, it's amazing! Yeah, it's, oh, yeah. it's horrible. Oh yeah, they go in, they they and they seep in, they seep in, and they get documents. I mean, it, it reads like a spy novel, but I mean, Stealth yeah. War by Brigadier General talks about these guys working yeah. for Boeing and Northrop and and yeah. Raytheon, and they get these documents and they hide them and they scan them, bring them on a hard drive, go back home, you never see them again. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's how China operates. They don't yeah. care. There is no... Well, I mean, see, the thing is, you know, they're using our own laws against us. You know, we are such an open society. You know, I, I don't, I'm sure you know that, you know, if an American firm wants to start business in, in China, you, you know the rules, right? China, it's, they get 100% of their intellectual property? No, they, have, they have to agree to, to share uh, intellectual property, okay? And the, the corporation in China cannot be owned by a foreign entity, foreign country. It has to be owned by a Chinese national. So 51% of the company is owned by a, a Chinese national. That gives them absolute and total control. And 49% is left to the foreign entity, you know, America, uh, Australia, whatever. So they basically, you're basically, uh, and another thing, the only way you can do business in China is for, for a corporation to build a factory in China, so that way they've got you over the over a barrel. You know, you have to. You know, the only way you can work there is to build a factory, and then you have to hire uh, all locals. Okay, so and then you have to give them all your intellectual property. So I mean, they don't. They don't have to. And, do and the thing is, is like I don't think anything they're doing is bad. I think every nation should do that. I think that's. I think hey, great China does it. We should be doing it too, and Britain should do it, and France should do it. Where you have to build a factory there, and you have to hire locals. I don't think there's anything yeah, but, wrong with. Yeah, but the out thing is, you know what? The, the thing is, you know, when Trump tried to do that, it was he was. Uh, he's he a was racist. Stable. He's a fascist. He's a, he's yeah. a bad man. He's a racist. He's xenophobic. You know, and and, and I agree with you, Tom. You know what? You know uh, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. You know, and I think and I think. Uh, a friend of mine told me he had a Brazilian Brazilian wife, uh, and he said that when he went, when he got married or uh, when he was dating uh, his wife, his fiance, he tr he tried to get a visa for her to come to visit him in the U.S. and it's it's not unusual for for different countries to have fees for issuing visas because they're doing work for you. Okay, they're they're processing paperwork and they're they're interviewing you and whatever whatever country's policies are interviews, criminal checks, whatever. So the U.S. charges uh, Brazil a hundred dollars per per visa, and uh, 
when he wanted to go visit his fiance in Brazil, he had to get a visa. Okay, and guess how much they were charging him? $100. Okay, the, the Brazil said, okay, you charge our people $100, we're going to charge your people $100. Okay, and that's that's fine. That's fair. Okay, but the thing is, you know, when we do it, it's like, oh, my God, you guys are mean. You guys are nasty. You guys are one way. You know, it's like, hey, dude, you know, if, if you if you want to set, set up a set of rules to benefit your country, why can't we set up a set of rules to benefit ours? Okay, if you want to charge, and I, that's, that's where I agree with Trump. If, if China had a 25% import, importation fee on something, well, you know what, through China, we're going to have a 25% importation fee on something something that, you, that you're sending here. Perfectly, perfectly legit, tit for tat, you know. But when he tried to do it, it's like, oh, my God, it's the end of the world. He's such a bad man. It's like, dude, you, you got to live in the real world, you know. It's And then it's and, – and, yeah, not even to go down the political road, but – I mean, Biden comes in, he allow he reinstates the allowance of Confucius Institutes in the United States, which are pro-China academia groups. He, he, we're sending funding to the Wuhan Institute of Virology through 2024, which yeah. just makes brilliant sense. We're allowing yeah, China into the Texas power grid. Hmm. That's a little odd how all that happened together. Yeah. And then when yeah. questioned about the two million Uyghur Muslims in concentration camps, Biden said, quote, it's a cultural difference. Right, China, that, that, China that, that locking was, up two million people is a cultural difference. Yeah, that that was such a bullshit answer, you know, by him. You it, know, it, it's it just is. Space and it's just it it it. I don't look. Trump's not perfect. He's an asshole. He's an egotist. He's an egotist. I I get it. It's, yeah, he is. It, you have to. I think if you're a billionaire, how are you not that? But it's it's this. We've been conditioned to think that anything that putting America first is somehow the end of the world, that we have to be the piggy bank for everyone. We have to allow everyone to do everything. China's GDP is set to double by 2035. China's economy is set to pass the United States by 2028, possibly 2026. Once they start doing that, they're going to have the piggy bank to jack up their defense spending. It's not going to happen today, and it's not going to happen tomorrow. But China's on track to have a bigger military too. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and we have we have politicians that are playing you know stupid games in Washington D.C. You know, defund the police, defund the military. I mean, you guys are so stupid, so naive. You know? I, I think on the surface it's stupidity. I think these people are competent, and I think they're being paid off by the Chinese. That's that's yeah, a, it's I, a brilliant chess move, right? Get yeah. politicians to defund the police, cause civil yeah. strife, strife in America. Yeah. I don't I think the idea that these people are stupid, that's giving them way too much credit cuz stupidity <laughs> is not malicious. Stupidity is just yeah. stupid. I don't think yeah. that. I think these people are competent and I think they know exactly yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. I forget who said it, you know, and I I I, I honestly I wish I could remember for this for this conversation, you know, but uh, so, someone said, "Hey, America's going to fall not not from a, an external threat, but from an internal threat. America's going to, you know, fall from within." Okay, we're, we're going to fall to our own people, you know, yeah. to our, our own compromised stupid people, you know. Yeah. I think that was uh, uh, not Khrushchev. I think that was Yuri Bezmenov, the guy who defected from the USSR to the United States yeah. and talked about uh, the, the. It's like a thirty or forty year plan by communist entities called Active Measures, and there's yeah. like four steps to overthrow a country, and it takes like half a century. But they say it started yeah. in 1970. I don't think that's that absurd. I mean, it was Khrushchev or Brezhnev or one of them said communism will come to the, will come to America, but it won't come on the shores. The flag will be raised from within. 
Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, just look at our society now, you know. It starts, you know, with the uh, education system and it just spreads from there, you know. Yeah. It's scary, you know. That's why, you know, when people say, you know, I, I, I'm sending my kid to private school. Hallelujah. I wish I wish we could all send kids to private schools, you know, because the the public schools and the public universities are trash. I mean, they're they're absolutely horrible. Yeah, and the first thing you the first thing you have to do is you have to take over a free a free press and freedom of communication and speech, and we're seeing that in spades right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I gotta tell you, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, not, I, you know, I'm not a lawyer, I'm, and I'm, I'm not a, a legal scholar or anything like that. But I'm amazed, and I don't know whether it was a faux pas on society's part, but I am amazed at, um, you know, and when I stop to think about it, you know, uh, freedom of speech is only freedom of speech uh, from the government. It's not freedom of speech from a company or a corporation or anything like that. So I was, I was, I have to have to be honest with you. I was stunned when a company would fire a person because they said something that the company disagreed with. Oh, I know I'm a Trump supporter. Boom, you're out of here. We don't, we don't, uh, we don't cotton that. You know, we don't uh, accept uh, people saying that. You know, it's like what they could fire them. You know, and then I started doing more research, and yeah, it's a private corporation. You're absolutely correct, and I've said that on this podcast multiple times before, and I'll say it again. I think Facebook. I think YouTube, I think Instagram, if they want to ban me for having an American flag and talking about election fraud, they're a private company and they're allowed to do that. I think it's despicable. I think it's disgusting and lower than dirt, but I think it's their freedom to do that because if it was my company, I think I would be, I think I would be saying, it's like, it's, it's my podcast. If someone said, Tommy, you should be having a more liberal guest, I'd say, fuck off. This is my podcast. Well, if I have to, if I can say that about myself, I have to extend that to Google. I can't. I can't have my. Well, you know what, though, Tom? I agree with you. I agree with you with, with what you just said. Okay, but I think I think you know society and and, and uh, the courts have to draw a, a clear distinction between you and say Facebook. Okay, Facebook is providing a quote unquote public service. Okay, they they, they are, I mean even though they're not, and I think you know we are, our our court system and our legislatures have been remiss. And, and, and letting this happen, uh, but these these entities are now the new uh, uh, Ma Bell Town Square. They're the new uh, hey the, the telephone. Back in the old days, the telephone was a private corporation. I, I don't know how how the government got involved in it. Well, I do because it was a communication system. Okay, and then it got it got uh, well, nationalized or something like that. But I think that you know these new uh, uh, tech companies are the new Ma Bell, and I think the government needs to step in and take control. Okay, and I know that sounds like a communist uh, statement, but whenever an entity, a corporation like that, has the power to shut down half of society, that's BS bullshit. Okay, and if they're providing a public service. Okay, then the public the public access public service should continue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not like like you're running your know, Sears and Roebuck. You know that's different. Okay. You have to you have to want something from them. You know, but uh, a public service now now these companies have made it so that you know hey you're indis- they're indispensable from from society. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's a tricky line to walk through, right? Because it's like, right. how can I sit here in the first half of the conversation and we talk shit about China and then we turn and but I agree with you. I think they've turned so big and, and technology has changed to such an extent that these are the public square. This is the yeah. these are they're the taverns where you go and talk, right? It's yeah. it's and then not only that, now with a pandemic, they truly are the only place you can congregate and speak. So, I mean, they are the cyber town square and they have political leanings and we have, I'm sure the intelligence communities know, but I mean, how do we not know they're getting yeah. money from China or from Russia? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, they yeah. go out there and they ban anyone that says anything in particular. I mean, uh, well, let's no, put it this it, way. What society, what, what regime or what entity in any society on any continent in any millennia in the history of humanity has started banning people, banning books, banning documentaries, banning individuals for saying opinions. When has that ever began and then ended well? It always <laughs> ends with potty bot or piles of bodies. That's never, how it always never, ends. Never, never, never. I, I, I don't know if you're old enough to remember when I'm when I'm when I reference Ma Bell, the, the telephone company. I'm thirty. Okay, Ma Bell was was the only telephone company in existence in the United States, like, in, you know, from 1920, 30, 40, 50, okay? And I think maybe even into the part of the 60s. They were so big, and uh, that and Congress noticed. Um, they said, hey, you know, we, we got to do something about it. They were so big, they, they became a huge monopoly. They controlled all communication in the U.S. Okay, so the the... Congress came in and said, hey, Ma Bell, we have to break you up, okay? You're going to have to be, you know, I don't know what the legal term is, but they broke them up, okay? It wasn't, uh, and I honestly don't know how the financial things, you know, played out. Because if you own 100% of something and the government comes in and says, hey, you have to split it up, do you still own it or do you have to sell it off? Or you know, I'm not sure, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of stuff in there that I don't know. But in the end... It, it, it ended up being good for the people because when you b- broke up the monopoly, that's where you got all these different phone companies come in. Okay, you got all, think about all the different phone companies that are out there. That is a direct result of breaking up the monopoly of Ma Bell. Okay, and what's, what is the best thing for society? Competition. For, 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 the, um, for the consumer, competition competition okay you couldn't have some some company just you really you know put it to you on on fees and this and that when your your uh, your competitor say hey aren't aren't his fees excessive i'll i'll charge you half you know you come over here take our service and that's what that's what has to happen to these uh, to these tech giants they have to be broken up okay you need to make like six or eight facebook companies and have them compete against each other. You need to make, uh, you know, six or eight, uh, whatever, you know, uh, Twitters, okay, and then have them compete against each other. That way, you keep everybody honest, okay? Because right now there is no competition. These guys can do whatever the hell they want, you know. And and, and th- th- there is a way to fix this. I mean, you don't you don't nationalize them and take over like that like they do in in, in certain dictatorial comp- countries. You know, like China, China, there is no there is no competition for whatever China has as Facebook or, or Google or whatever. But in the West, if we if we could break up these monopolies like we did Ma Bell, OK, um, 
it'll be good for society. You, you'll have real and legitimate competition. What was that uh, that company uh, that that uh, was in the paper in the news recently? Parler. Parler, yeah. Who was who was again? Yeah. So they went off to create their own Twitter, and then and then Apple kicked them off the App Store. Uh, Google or yeah, Google kicked them off the Google Store, and Amazon uh, revoked their AWS Amazon right. Web Services. You know what? Though they did that for, for multiple purposes. Okay, number one is because you know uh, Parler was was uh, right wing, and these other companies are left wing. But here's the kicker: they did it because it's also competition. Competition, yeah. competition and that's. That's where you hurt them. Yeah. That's where you really get them. Okay. If you allow, you know, real competition to go to these companies, they'll 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 get in line. They'll start towing the line, saying, "Hey, you know what? We're not going to start canceling people. We're not going to start restricting people's speech because if we do, everybody's going to go to parlor. Okay. And then then what do you got? You know? Yeah. It's it's that was the creepiest thing because it was like. If you want your own Twitter, go make one. So someone went and made one. And then it's not just enough that if you're on our platforms, we're going to censor you and cancel you and shadow ban you. We're not going to let you go on any other platform. Don't you dare yeah. go make your own. Uh-uh. Well, see, that, I mean, that, that, that is just, I mean, that, that is just so wrong on so many levels. I and mean, it should be wrong legally. You know, well, but I, that's, I think- that's the thing is it's I on the surface, it's easy for you and me, you know, Trump supporters to say, oh, they're against us because we're conservative. I think there could be a legal case saying that this is that these are acting as monopolies. They're they're coordinating. Well, you see, you see, I don't know if you're aware or not. You know, and I honestly have to be I, and I, I'm not up to date on this. But uh, back back when uh, about four weeks ago, three weeks ago, I heard that there were several state attorney generals from the like state of Texas, state of Florida, like some other like state, you know, different states. We're, we're grouping together to bring a class action suit uh, uh, against these tech companies because they were monopolies, okay? And there is a mechanism in place that a, a, a state or, or federal government can, can, can bring action against a, a company that has a monopoly and is, is, is kind of like price gouging, okay? After a hurricane, you know, a bottle of water used to cost you 50 cents. After a hurricane, it costs you five dollars. You know, it's like Jesus, dude, what's going on here? You know, because there is no competition. You know, they're they're the sole provider. You know, and um, I don't know how how much uh, traction these uh, state attorney generals have gotten, but I, I I'm all for it. You know, you know, we need to break these guys up. Okay, I don't know. Again, I don't I don't have the economic uh, or historical uh, knowledge. To say, you know, I don't know how many companies were broken up uh, that, to make Ma Bell. I mean, Ma Bell made how many companies? Uh, but once once they were broken up, man, the competition went through the roof, you know. So, and I think that's what needs to happen. I think, yeah, you need to put these companies on notice, saying, "Hey, we're not going to take your shit anymore." Yeah. You know, you know we yeah. will bring legal action against you. Yeah, because right, they did right. That was a uh, Teddy Roosevelt, right, with Standard Oil. Right, that was the early 1900s. They broke it up because yep. it had a total monopoly. Adjusted for inflation, Rockefeller was worth at the time 400 plus billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's true. That, that's another good example. Back back when the oil barons were were around, and the railroad barons mm-hmm. too. You know, these guys had a monopoly. They could charge you whatever the hell they wanted to charge you for for uh, for transporting your your um, your cargo. You know, so you know. 
I mean, at the time, in the short term, it's good for the for the owner because he can rape you all he wants, you know, because you, you have no choice. But, you know, when the government steps in and starts breaking up these monopolies, it's like, uh oh, now you really have to compete. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it seems like it needs to be done. It it it's just it, it's a not it's a dangerous precedent to where you can just you can just wipe people out for not talking or for saying things that you don't like, like. That's an objectively bad, but no one cares because if half the country is left-leaning and the left-leaning companies are banning conservatives, no one cares because it fits their agenda. Agenda. It's just yes, Queen, but it's like, dude, it's gonna come for you. It's gonna come for you next. Oh yeah, eventually. It, that, that's the thing. It's, it's a French Revolution. You know, it goes back to the French Revolution. Eventually, people will say, "Hey, but I was on your side." You know, as they're putting him in the guillotine, you know, it's like, hey. They're coming for you they too. They don't give a shit. They, no, they it's, don't. It's, it's, you are you are a useless pawn, or you are a useful pawn right now, because they're yeah. like, you know you're like yeah take down the evil conservatives. Well, yeah. eventually when you speak up, they're going to take you out. Yeah, exactly. And, and or when be, it's convenient for them, they're going to take you out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like stand. It's like standing in a forest, and your camp is a mile from mine, and the forest is burning around my camp but you don't care because you don't like me. It's like, dude, you're in the same... Fo- the forest, the fire's going to come to you. It's, exactly. It's going to burn exactly. this whole thing down. Yeah. It's just... It's getting yeah. me first. Yeah. It's, yeah, for sure. It's a dangerous sure. thing. But then I guess, you know, I, to, to flesh this out and to, to keep pushing it, what you what would be the... What would be the limits? So let's, we break up big tech, right? We say that these are public services, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook... We say that these are pub, uh, public services that everyone communicates on, and so they have to be broken up. They have too much power. Well, I think to which I do think should happen, but then I also have to recognize. Well, then that argument will be used against other companies. What other companies are? Could you say pharmaceutical companies? Could you say Tesla? The only Tom, one, yeah. Tom, Tom. The difference is pharmaceutical companies aren't turning around saying, "Hey, you know what? We're not going to serve." That's true. Uh, That's a, true. A, a certain segment of society. That's we're not, not going to. We're not going to provide medicine to to uh, Democrats. That's very we're not going to provide medicine to uh, you know purple people or whatever. You know that, that, that that's not the issue there because they provide a service to everybody, and that's the key. They have to provide a service to everybody without exception. You know, without any 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 strings attached or caveats. You know, yeah. it's like I don't know whether you heard, and and, and I would urge you to research this and then tell me what you find out. <laughs> uh, did you? I don't know if you heard or if you remember, but um, who's the uh, who's the guy in charge of Facebook? What's his name? Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, I heard uh, Mark Zuckerberg about a month ago threatened the government of Australia. He said. You know, because they were saying, hey, we're going to raise your taxes. You know, we don't think you pay enough taxes in Australia. And he, he and I, again, I haven't got the exact quote. I saw something on YouTube where I saw some government officials talking, but he threatened to shut down all communication in Australia. And you know what? I got news for Zuckerberg. Australia's not the U.S., okay? The U- Australia's not full of pussies, okay? Australia is like, hey, dude, you're a, you're a, you're a freaking service provider, and you're a foreigner on top of that, and you're threatening to shut down communication in Australia? I'm hoping that they have some huge case pending against them, okay? Uh, I'm hoping they take some real punitive action against Facebook in Australia and Zuckerberg, 
like, you know, put out a warrant for his arrest saying, hey, anytime you show your face in any, uh, you know, uh, British uh, empire, like Canada, Australia, England, whatever, New Zealand, you can be arrested, you know, and brought to trial, you know, that would be ideal, you know, but can you imagine that? Why don't you research it and find out, you know, and tell me what, tell me what the results of it is. I will. It, yeah, it, it, seem, it seems that, but then you have to wonder, so like, how come there hasn't been, you know, why hasn't, why haven't these companies been broken up? And you, the, I have to start thinking logically. I'm like, why haven't these been broken up? And the only conclusion I can come to is, it's because it's a government wet dream to have everyone under one or a couple of platforms. You only have to monitor a couple of them. The government probably doesn't want to see them broken up because yeah, it's a lot see, easier to control a Tom, handful of CEOs. Tom, which government? Which government? Which government wet dream? You know, right now, big tech is on, on the side of Democrats. Okay, that, on, the on the Republican side, it's not a wet dream at all. Okay, and besides that, okay, there are too many Republicans that are that are weak need. Okay, uh, and and uh, you 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 hit hit a nail on the head on the head when you said that you know big government probably wants it you know or or, or can use it, but the real issue I think, Tom, is money. M-O-N-E-Y. These companies are, are providing, uh, I heard the term recently, dark money to, to politicians to help them get elected. You know what? And it's, it's, it's so typical. It's like the 1930s, you know, in Chicago when Al Capone used to, used to run, <laughs> fund uh, Mayor Daley's uh, election. Saying, hey, you know, Mayor Daley, you know, would wink and a nod to, to the, the gangsters, you know. It was all corruption and money. That's what, that's what it's all about. And that's what it's all about now. So I think what maybe needs to happen is, so Elon, have, do you know what uh, Starlink is? No. Uh, Elon Musk, it's uh, one of his companies where they've put something, I don't know how many, I think it's like four or 500 satellites around the earth. Oh, yeah. It's satellite internet. So you can be in the middle of the ocean and get perfect uh, internet connection. Maybe what he needs to do is is provide that at a super low rate and then say that you know you're not allowed to use facebook or instagram on it <laughs> maybe bring it back to them here's internet for everyone at a great rate yeah super fast never drops you can get it everywhere in the world it's just you're not allowed to serve facebook or youtube on it <laughs> like, well, i mean you know it's his company he could do want, whatever he wants want to, to fight right? fire with fire yeah. but maybe that's what needs to happen and then we'll see how shitty that is because then we're all going to start to go are we really just about to go down this like cold war standoff of censorship or should we just end censorship maybe the only way to make everyone realize how bad it is is to have it happen against big tech and have it happen against the left and then maybe that's what's needed for everyone to you know it's like you know when you get a do when you get a taste of your own medicine and you go oh exactly. i should stop exactly. i should stop picking on my little brother he just punched me in the face that hurt yeah exactly right you know and and that's what needs to happen you know but i don't know as you're right though i don't know to what extent up, up, up to the extent of almost uh, having a, a civil war or a Does nuclear war you know, forever so, no. yeah who knows it's, yeah. it's it's i think we're coming to a weird we're coming to a very odd place, and, and by the, let by the way, don't don't let me keep you. Let me know how long you can talk for. No, no, no. I mean, okay, I, okay, I, okay. I, okay. What? It's three oh seven. we're good. Okay. Yeah, we're coming to a very weird place in in human history 
because no one's ever had this power over this many people's day-to-day lives with communication. But we're also coming to a point where with with robotics, which, I mean, Boston Dynamics owned by Google, we're getting to a place where all of a sudden you maybe don't need soldiers if you could have a robot, a robot that doesn't question orders, a robot that doesn't have morals. Now all of a sudden are we going to see these tech giants start to have their own uh, paramilitaries of robots that don't that don't need anyone's approval, are they going to start actually start forming their own little like warring states? I mean, I know that sounds batshit insane, but I, I, I if you extrapolate from enough data, you can see where that's going. Maybe it's in a decade, but I don't You're know. You're scaring me. You're scaring me. It, you know, it should. On, on October first, nineteen ninety-eight, Skynet became aware. <laughs> but seriously, and, but, and eliminated humanity. <laughs> but seriously, but that's one thing I've thought about. Is like right. So what happens if you get like a? What happens if you can scan a Delta Force member's brain, learn all of their skills? Oh, and then yeah. you take that brain and then you just copy yeah. it 10,000 times and you put it into 10,000 robots and now you have 10,000 Delta Force members that take your orders and yours alone and they don't have morals, they don't think what about the Constitution, they just do what you tell them to. Right, right. Well, mm-hmm. luckily we're not there yet, you know, so I think, but no, you raise a good point though. I, I, I didn't know Google owned Boston then. Yeah. Boston. Yeah, it's 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 but that's the dangerous thing is that's coming. So you're going to have these force amplifications because you know up until now it's like yeah, they can do this, they can do that, but I mean when shit hits the fan, what happens? The national guard goes onto the street, everyone go home, and it's like the government comes in with the heavy hand. Like we saw it this past right. year, we saw it after January 6th, we saw it in 1992 in LA. What happens when all of a sudden these big tech companies can push back? They say we're not yeah. going home. Here's our yeah. army of bulletproof soldiers that run on solar power. Yeah. Then what? Yeah. It's Skynet. <laughs> it, it is. It's Skynet. And then you have to wonder, well, I bet the government has that too. But now are we just getting into this weird thing? Is the country going to be divided into these weird regions where it's like the Silicon Valley area of the United States and they have all their own robots and shit and their robots will probably have blue hair or whatever and you're not allowed to misgender them? And then are you going to have like them flyover states in the middle? Are you going to have just a bunch of guys with guns out there defending their own? I mean, what's going on? It's like we're going to a very odd place very no quickly. we are we are and, and not only is it odd it's also dangerous you know i don't know whether you heard uh, this morning i heard something on tv that uh uh there i'm worried and a lot of people a lot of other people should be worried that biden is trying to change the second amendment you know the right to keep and bear arms you know and uh and the uh the article i saw this morning is that there are several cities uh, counties and states across the, the nation that are setting up uh, gun-free zones or, or gun-friendly zones, you know, kind of like areas where uh, sanctuary cities against immigration, illegal illegal immigrate, immigrants. Well, these, these cities are saying, hey, we're setting gun-free zones here where the government doesn't have any authority to take your weapons. You know, it's like, it's like what? It's like, hey, you know, if the government chooses not to enforce uh, federal immigration law, then they can choose not to enforce, you know, uh, whatever law they pass on guns. And it's like, Okay, I mean, we're starting to become uh, like a fiefdoms, you know, like different different little kingdoms around the country, and just it goes into what you just said, you know, different. Um, we're becoming different tribes. 
you know, it's like the Oklahoma City tribe, you know, <laughs> and the Utah tribe, you know, and, you know, the Alabama tribe, you know, <laughs> God help you there, you know. <laughs> yeah, it seems like that's where it's going, right? Where it's just like you, we just decide we don't have laws here. But I mean, how far does that go? Why can't I just say, okay, uh, this is my city and we don't recognize like open container laws. We can drink and we can say, hey, you know what? Uh, we don't enforce rape laws. So if you come here, you know, good well, luck. Exactly, exactly. You know, I mean, I think, I think all laws need to be enforced evenly, even-handed across the board. You know, you, you just can't pick and choose because if you start picking and choosing what laws you want to enforce, it's like, holy shit. I mean, we're fast. in for a world of hurt, you know. And you have to wonder why is this happening? And I think the most uh, logical conclusion is that it's a it's a it's a it's a foreign coup. It's a controlled demolition of America. Right. They can't take exactly. us on with the military. So what are they going to do? They're going to pass legislation within the United States to make it crumble from within. So you're going to have yeah. weird things like conservatives can't talk, and you know we're going to you we don't enforce this law here, and homeless people are allowed to shit in the shit on the streets here, and if you say anything, you're a bigot. And yeah. open the borders, let everyone flood in, and it doesn't matter. Drain the treasury. It seems like it's a controlled demolition. I mean, what's the first thing Joe Biden did? A hundred day stand down of the U.S. military to go through the ranks for quote white supremacy. If that doesn't yeah. sound like someone coming in and sweeping the ranks to find the loyalists to the previous administration, right? Where are we going? It's, it's right. We're, yeah. we're on a wild ride, and it seems like it's going straight down. It's kind of like uh, a dictatorship coming in and purging the you know everybody who was loyal to the king, you know. So <laughs> I I don't I don't know where it's going. Where do you think it's going to go? I you know what Tom? I don't know. You know I I I I'm optimistic, but I'm also pessimistic. I'm like fifty fifty. I mean, we can go, we can we can live through the next four years and come through, come out the tunnel on the other side to a, a better better uh, administration, better days. Or we could keep going down the way we are, and we, we could end up in a very dark place. You know, I'm I'm talking a very very bad place. You know, but you know, either way, I'm prepared. Yeah, yeah. So am I. <laughs> either way, it's like let's get it on. Yeah, exactly. The, the one and and we'll we'll mind if we wrap this one up in a couple minutes. Absolutely, absolutely. One thing I always gives me comfort is I think no matter what, I'm going to die one day, whether it's I'm 80 or whether it's I'm 30. So it doesn't really matter how bad it gets. Is eventually I got to go anyway. So that's like yeah, my you know, that's my peace. <laughs> we you know we all got it coming. We all <laughs> yeah, it's it's coming to us all. You know whether yeah. it's we keep it a good world and life goes on, whether it turns into some communist techno dictatorship. Either way, no one has to stay. We no, all, you know what though, it's not going to turn into out. a communist techno dictatorship it, it will never become that because there'll be scorched earth here before that happens yeah. okay i can guarantee you that you know yeah but you know what though there's a, you, you raise an interesting point which brings back a line from the movie gladiator you know uh, when and uh Mar marcus aurelius said you know death smiles at us all death smiles at us all all a man can do is smile back you know that's beautiful <laughs> you know? it is great you know so on that note let's, i will depart sir I, I, <laughs> let's wrap this up then that was i'd never heard that before that's a beautiful yeah line. watch the movie you know uh, or, or look it up to, you know yeah. well thank you very much mr edmundo morales i will put your book in the description sticking in the top comment Thank you very much for coming on. As always, I enjoy our conversation. And it's always, it's my pleasure, Tom. Thanks right. for inviting me. All right, my okay. man, of course. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. <laughs>